Welcome to Lunchbox Radio. This is Alex. As usual, as unusual, is my best friend from college. You need to work on this introduction thing. I I, I set it up and... There's already a dumpster fire. I'm not supposed to say my own name. (laughs) I'm trying trying to do a thing and just... My friend Lauren, who is here for the second time <laughs> this weekend to talk about Evangelion so we can be trendy and put it up right as the show's coming out on Netflix. Always just, just like dumps water all over my parade. Just like, hey, this is a terrible idea. 
which she's probably right. Um, I'm, I'm just saying you should work on your intros of people. I do my best. Honestly, I do. It's almost like I shouldn't have a force class radio license. Because maybe I'm terrible at it, but they gave it to me. So they can never take that away from me. There you go. Actually, that's not true. The FCC can totally take that away from you. Fuck. Um, but that's why I do podcasts now. Um, so we are here to talk about the seminal, the legendary, the infamous show, Evangelion. Um, and all things kind of therein. So before we get into like the nitty gritty stuff. How did you, when you saw it, because I know you're a way bigger fan of Ava than I am. Yes. When you first saw it, how did you see it? Um, I saw the first two episodes on Giant Robot Week on Toonami. Don't ask me what year that was. I was maybe 12. Uh, I'm trying to, so like, from like, the Gundam Wing era of Toonami on is a total blur in my brain. Like, I don't know. I remember seeing those, seeing that the first two episodes of Ava were going to be on and being like, oh, hey, I guess those are two episodes of Ava they don't have to edit the shit out of. Oh, no, they did. fun for them. And then I remember hearing from somebody who I knew, like, oh, no, they, they totally, like, deeply cut things out of it. They didn't do, like, they didn't do, like, G Gundam dirty and, like, paint a bathing suit on a person. But um, I know that it was pretty heavily edited. So how did you get the rest of the series, though? I bought it. So Okay, so, oh. From the interwebs. <laughs> oh, you bought it all? So for anybody wondering, like, lots of people are probably, lots of, lots of the youngins are probably thinking, like, why is Ava such a... If Ava is such a big deal, why isn't it um, available everywhere? Well, once upon a magical time, it was. And you said it was like 50 bucks or something, right? Probably. That was like standard anime box set at the time. Okay, yeah. So, like, this, this world-rocking like series was about fit was like about 50 bucks now those dvds are super rare and hard to come by they never made a blue i don't did they ever make a blu-ray set uh according to wikipedia they did okay so they made a blu-ray set actually no i know they made a blu-ray set now that you like say it exists (laughs) um and those are also super rare and from what i remember they made a laser disc set Yes, because I also read that on Wikipedia today. I was like, huh. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't, like, who, like, have heard the word Laserdisc, you're like, wait, what the fuck did that even mean? I thought Laserdisc were just DVDs. No, Laserdisc were, like, fucking giant CDs that were the size of records that had a, like, even bigger, hilarious, slotted player you, like, shoved them into. And they were like, the highest quality possible at the time. They're not anymore, I don't think. And they were also, like, $300 a pop. I mean, the show came out in, like, 95, so it makes sense that it would be on Laserdisc, I guess. Yeah. I I distinctly remember weirdly coveting the idea of having, a like, all Veroni, of all Veroni Kenshin on Laserdisc for some stupid-ass reason. Like, I never... Went that past because yo, I was like, I mean, if you were twelve, I would probably fifteen, and like, yo, fifteen-year-old Alex don't have that kind of money. <laughs> Not all at once, at least. Um, but so, I'm pretty sure I saw Ava, and in our first recording of this, which I'm probably damning the world by saying, um. The, I probably, I said I probably saw Ava on Adult Swim in, like, really hard, like, bits and pieces, 
and I didn't like it didn't reorder later until I I think I probably like watched it all on the internet so to speak um but yeah so that's probably how I ended up seeing it I remember seeing it like I remember seeing it first out of order and then reordering it and critically the way the first thing I saw was renting end of Ava they're like redoing they're like apology letter for like making the last episode a fucking watercolor painting with <laughs> background music Bonanza. It's fine. You, you just don't understand his genius <laughs> just be clear I don't think he understands his genius that much but we'll get to that he doesn't <laughs> Um, but he, but, like, so I watched, like, the weird, like, the end of Ava thing first, so I experienced, like, the alternate history bullshit, and the clapping, and, like, I like the alternate history, like, slice of life, Ray Ray Ayanami so much that I, like, went out and read, like, Ava's school days for, like, longer than I should have, like, three volumes worth I, like, own in my garage. Um, and, yeah, so that's basically my history with it. Now, Ava came out created by this studio called Studio Gynax. And if you're wondering, like, about the history of Studio Gynax, you can go watch Otaku No Video, because that's, like, an informal, insane word-of-mouth put-to-anime history of that studio. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I have that, and also, it's available on um this free this streaming service that has a free tier where you can just get everything with ads, like Hulu used to be, called Midnight Pulse, and Otaku in the Video is on that service, and I just have to watch it. I like I, I'll get to it. <laughs> But, um, so, basically, Gynax was, like, it it was full of such kind of insane, dedicated animators that it was a serious known quantity all the time. And they made, so they made, they made Ava, they made FLCL, they made, and this is the weirdest one, His and Her Circumstances... They also made Gunbuster, I think, and Gunbuster yeah. 2. And, and they made, and this is the important thing for what we'll get to next, is they made Nadia Blue Water. And it's, there's this hilarious after effect of them making Ava and FLCL kind of very close together. And after a while, they started, like, those people started, they still try and, like, recreate that magic all the time, and it just doesn't fucking work. But, so what, so you've seen FLCL, right? Uh, yes. Um, and you probably saw that on, was it ever on Toonami? I bet not. No, I think it was only on Adult Swim. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I just, I don't think it's, like, capable of being edited, if that makes any sense. Capable of being edited and being still coherent, or as coherent as that show gets. Yeah. (laughs) Calling it coherent. I remember, so I I remember when that show, and we'll get back, we'll get to, like, our next thing in a second, but I remember when that show came on three DVDs instead of one Blu-ray, and when the manga came in two parts instead of just one book, those are the versions I have. Every time I see, like, the one book or the one Blu-ray on somebody's shelf, I'm like, you people don't know pain anymore. They made us pay three sets of $24 for a 
six goddamn episodes. Yep. You son of a bitch. Yep. You probably paid 13 bucks for the classic edition, you piece of shit. I don't care how much your Blu-ray player costs. Fuck off. Dude, you can have a Blu-ray player for like 20 bucks now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You can get a nice one huge for 45 like I got off of Amazon. Um, But, yeah, and just, they created, like, they created these seminal works in anime, but they were also kind of renowned for not being the most stable humans on the planet. Because there is a popular myth that if you are a genius, creative person, you are allowed to be insane. <laughs> Which is kind of bullshit. They're kind of like the anime equivalent of Bioware. Yeah, yeah, they are. Right? Um, yeah, Where it's yeah. Like, I bet Gynax has to give their employees stress leave because <laughs> Bioware does. <laughs> no, you know what they do? So, A, first, you, you know that game Cyberpunk that's coming out that like, everybody thought was hot shit yes, last year? Uh, yeah, because it's still hot shit. Keanu Reeves is in it. No, but like, all, like most of the reviewers who like who are like floored by that game, like Austin Walker from... Do you follow Waypoint at all? No, I don't even know what that is. You should... Well, it's not... You should You should look up Vice, Vice Gaming, because Vice Gaming is what Waypoint turned into, but it's headed by, like, serious social justice warrior-y, warrior, awesome, like, game journalist. And Austin Walker came out of the, like, cinematic trailer demo for Cyberpunk last year, being like, that game is so interesting. He came out of the, like, their variant of it this year, and he's like, that game is a game that'll ship. It was just so disappointing. I'm like, oh, no. This is gonna go bad. I can feel it. But even he said, like, that that thing is, like, still takes people's breath away, but it's also... It's also definitely, like, made some compromises. What What's happening? I have to let the cat out of my room. Hold on. Okay. But anyway, yeah, that, that the way that um, Austin put it was, yo, that game bleeds. That game is mortal. <laughs> like, it's no, it, like, yes, Keanu Reeves is in it, but also it has, like, shitty humor about trans people. And that's also not okay. <laughs> but, um... See that far, so. What do you say? I said, I don't know. I didn't see that far. Well, it was, like, a, apparently, like, a minor... We'll talk about some controversial stuff about Ava later on. But it was a minor like, poster that was in the world of, like, this girl drinking a soda can in, like, a onesie, and then you pan down, and you just see the, like, enormous silhouette outline of her dick. And just people, I I saw the poster in some footage that was, um, from an influencer today, I'm like, whoa! Why would you do that? Wasn't it, like, a dystopia anyway? Yeah, but there's a difference between dystopia and this is this is super relevant actually. Uh the difference between dystopia and like actively being super shit like being super shitty. This like when I saw the when I saw the poster I was like cuz I was thinking that too like isn't this a dystopia and maybe that's the only model left alive or some bullshit? No, it's like it's like big and like it did not need to be what it was, if that makes any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. I'll have to watch it later because I have no context. I'll, so. I'll, I'll send. I'll send you. 
It was actually, remember that YouTube channel I told you about, Girlfriend Reviews? They, like, gave them an early preview, and she was in the bar, and she showed the poster. That's how I thought. So I'll I'll send you that video, and you'll be able to see it. Because it's like... It, it, Google it. it. You can probably Google it. It's way more gratuitous than, like, you think it is. It's way more gratuitous, and it's way more like, this is just here because we could have made the bottom half of her a robot. But we just decided to be shitty about this, is what it felt like. Um, also, CD Projekt Red's Twitter account has made jokes at trans people's expense, so not a great track record on that that you would trust them with. I mean, you can't expect everything to be perfect and accepting, so. No, I no, I get that, but the, but the joke. And because the joke exists, the poster is also taken in that contest. Apparently they fired their Twitter manager, who was a shithead. So that's not their fault, but it's still out there. It was like, it didn't need to be there. It's not that they're, it's not, that they're not being accepting, it's that there have been things that directly go after people, trans people, which is a different thing. But, anyway, moving on to a different controversial figure, Hideki Anno, the director of Neon Genesis Evangelion. So, a while back, you gave me a podcast to listen to, and you're like, you really need to listen to this grouping of episodes on last podcast on the left. That was on this Japanese death cult that was, like, big in the 90s, right right when Ava was coming out, called Om Shinrikyo. And Hideki Anna was, was at least a part of it? I mean, that's what I have read on the internet. That's what I've read, too. Has anybody, like... Has anybody, like, gotten the, like, guest book and, like, checked for his name? Um, I mean, I don't think there is a guest book. No, no but, like, has, like, is it verifiable that, like, he was, that, like, he was part of, like, the thousands of people who were part of this cult for a while? Is that verified, or is that just, like, a thing people strongly believe is true? I don't know. Let's find out. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I, because I, I was thinking about this when we did the first recording, like, what the hell, is this, is this real? Um, but, either, either way, if he was, he doesn't talk about it, because they kind of gassed the train. By kind of, I mean, they committed one of the only terror attacks in Japan at all. And from from what you so from what you said, it's like the mythos of Ava lines up pretty well with Om Shinrikyo stuff, right? Yes, there are several parallels. So, like, what's a what's a example? Oh Jesus, I don't fucking know. <laughs> this is shit I thought about like twelve years ago. Oh. Okay, okay, I I gotcha, I gotcha. We're already outlined before. We're already so much further into it than I would have gotten by myself. So we we're ahead of the game. So you know, what? So one of the things about Om Shinrikyo that I don't think is reflected in Ava is like a really, really nationalist, really nasty nationalist bent of like you know. No foreigners, kill foreigners, like expel foreign in all foreign influence out of Japan. I seem to remember, and like like I said, these this death cult ultimately ended up like attacking a a Tokyo subway line. 
with Sharon Gath. Um, and like I said in our first recording, if you want kind of th- this news footage out from that, I'm pretty sure. At the very least, there's, there's pictures of people coming up from that, because people, like, rushed out of the subways and walked to work, apparently. Which is a nightmare. But, um, so... Hidekiano was clearly working through all that bullshit, because, from what you said, Ava was coming out at the same time as that attack happened, right? Yeah, they actually had to change part of the script. Oh yeah, I remember that. That 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 was where I got the like tidbit of the script. Um, but so that happened as the attack happened, and then also the fact that no, finding out because the way you described it was there were millions of members of this thing, so it was very possible that even though he was a minor celebrity member, he had no idea what was happening. And so he found out he was in a death cult along with everybody else when the news said it. (laughs) And also, Hideki Hano is a super depressed person (laughs) who is not ultra-motivated. His wife actually wrote a whole book basically to passive-aggressively berate him for not finishing shit. <laughs> Called, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll give it my all tomorrow. You can, like, pick up this manga in stores now. Um, but, basically, Ava as a show is him working through his depression. <laughs> bit by bit. What are you looking up, Lauren? Trying to Google if it is confirmed he was actually a part of it. It may have been erased from the internet. Who knows? In terms of being erased from the internet, there's like a strong possibility that that is is a thing. So, since... So that's kind of like an overview of Hideki Anno. So... Lauren, can you give a short, succinct, like, general overview of Ava as a show? 14-year-old children have to pilot humanoid robots to defend the world. Against? Defend the world against... Horrible creatures that are gonna destroy it. Oh, no, no! Like, defend the world against itself? Like, has Russia taken up arms? Also, because... Oh, fuck. Because... Trigger, which is an offshoot of Gynax, has made the butt-piloting robot anime. I want to be clear that the teenagers are not female-male coupling and piloting the robots. They are just piloting the robots. There's no butt, there's no butt Joy-Cons, there's nothing. They just get in the robot, they cry, and they, like, punch things in the face. Um, now, that, like, that's a pretty high-level, that, that's what the show is doing from point A to Z. All the middle parts of the show are what you show up to Ava for. Like, um... The way the robots are designed. The way... The, the like... They have these lingering shots in that show. Like, do you remember the... Was it an entire episode when Shinji just, like sits in the dark and listens to his tape recorder. Um, I mean, it's not an entire episode, but it happens a lot. Because he always listens to the same song. Do, do they make that song clear? Like, what that song is? No, I don't think so. Which is... Whatever it is, 
track like 25, I think. Oh, okay. Um, that's, that's oddly specific, but okay. Um, also, I should mention, I probably put it at the beginning of this show, but the opening song to Ava, Cruel Angel Thesis, is the best song ever put to television. That it is. Possibly ever composed. And we are just too feeble a species to understand how good it is. Because, regardless of this being an ultra-depressing show, you like, that song always gets you popping. It's like, so, I'm convinced that the opening of the show is designed to get you real high, and then... <laughs> The show itself is designed to just, like, nosedive the plane straight into the ground as soon as possible. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, and Cruel Angel Thesis is available, I'm pretty sure, on all streaming platforms. But like I told you before, Lauren, there's, like, ten tons of garbage on top of that because anime music licensing is terrible, and people are just like, well, this song's not available, so I'll be an entrepreneur and cover it for the masses so I can make all the money instead of the actual artist. Because international internet rules are fucked. Yeah, they kind of are. Like, so, um, you remember that show, Eden of the East? Did you ever see it? Nope. But you've heard of it, haven't you? Nope. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Eden of the East has an opening song by Incubus. Hmm. But because it was recorded in for a Japanese cartoon on behalf of a Japanese record label, when Funimation licensed Eden of the East... They couldn't get the song. And instead, they went and got the most generic J-pop idol bullshit to put in the opening. And it's just the most disappointing. <laughs> and that sounds pretty terrible. <laughs> like, like it, it's one of those things, like... At, when you first realize it, like, wait, what? And then someone explains to you, you're like, wait, fuck, what? <laughs> Which is only slightly worse than when Funimation got on the production committee of a show, had an amazing opening credits, and then couldn't get the rights to its own show's opening credits that was on the production committee of, so it just Cuts out the opening credits altogether. This is this, this is why our we deserve our cyberpunk hellscape. Because oh, we're there not, you go. We're, we're we're not we're not allowed to have anything good. It's just gonna go bad. But um, so anyway, you come to Ava for like. You come to Ava for the giant robot fights, and then you stay for, like, the soul-crushing atmosphere of the show. And, like, the the way it really succinctly explores all of that stuff. It, so, and I'll get into, like, um, the impact the show has had, but something Ava does that most other shows don't is it realizes, like, the potential of the ideas it has. And it gives time to them to like explore them, even if they're ter- even if they're like mortifying ideas. They're like, what? So, is it in is it in one of the Ava movies or is it in the show proper? The hospital scene with um, Shinji and um, Asuka. I'm going to need you to be a little more specific than a <laughs> hospital scene. Okay. I admit. A lot. So, the hospital, like, 
30% of the show. Yeah, that is. So it's like, it's almost like they could reuse some animation there and save some money. Um, the, the scene in, uh, where Asuka's in a hospital bed and she had saved Shinji. It's a really kind of famous, infamous scene. And Shinji jerks off to her lifeless body? Yeah, she definitely doesn't save him from shit. But, so, so, like, somehow she's in the hospital, and he... Yeah, because she had an emotional breakdown and can no longer function as a human being. Okay, see, this, this is why I... They found her in a you... bathtub. They found her in a what? They found her in a bathtub in, like, the city ruins after, I don't know, something explodes. Okay. I, this, so, for, I, for, for all my listeners, this is why I invited Lauren on. I have seen this series in, like, a weird, parted way. Lauren has seen this series full through, full stop, seven times. She, like, went to see all the movies that exist. She's uh, you're apparently okay with the fourth movie not existing. Actually, it has a 2020 release date. <laughs> Believe it when I see it. I will buy a ticket to that and the live action Akira at the same time. Well, I mean, they put out the ad for animators this past year, so. Listen, you can get a whole bunch of animators in a room and do whatever you want. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. I'm just saying I read that today. So. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm not committing to watch any of those movies until they're all in existence. Which may never happen. Or he dies. It's like an unfinished novel series situation at this point. Like, he dies, the movies, all the movies get made, who knows. I'm not doing any of it until it gets there. Um, mostly because I don't need to be that sad for that long a stretch. And also, from what you said, like, because of the state he was in when he made the original show, it's not super psychologically healthy for him to make that, like, thing anymore. <laughs> um. No, that is a thing he said. Okay, gotcha. He put out an open letter after. Shin Godzilla came out. Oh yeah, because like everybody was ultra. Pi- Which have you seen Shin Godzilla? Yeah, it's amazing. He it should just amazing. make more Godzilla movies. Yeah, he like they should just be like here Godzilla. It was like <laughs> one of the Godzilla movies ever made. That that is I think that's like universally true. But yes, it was. Um, and I did an episode on that self plug. You can check it out in like the episode list. Um, but, anyway, so, and lots of other things that, lots of other shows that take influence of Ava, because, because after Ava came out, it was, it was the thing. And it was the thing for as long as it, it is still, like, the thing in many regards. And the way that people make JoJo's, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure references in shows there's ten times more Ava references, but you don't see them unless A, you're paying attention, and B, like, you've seen Ava. So, like, for example, um, you've seen Eureka 7, right? Um, no. Really? You haven't? I would have thought you had. I saw part of it. I don't like that show, so... You remember what the robots look like? Whatever I saw, I purged from my mind. You remember what the robots look like vaguely, right? No, I purged it from my mind. Okay, I like that show. And it's a show people like in the world. So That's fine. The, the, I, like, I didn't enjoy it. The, like, lanky robot designs of Elreka 7 are, like, slightly cribbed from... Ava, and if you follow that line logically, a lot of the lanky robot designs after Elreka 7, which is also a weirdly 
influential show are cribbed from it and then from Ava. Only the thing that Ava does that lots of robot shows don't is Ava has consequences for the shit people do. So, like, I'm watching um, Code Geass, and that show infuriates me because it's a whole season too fucking long and nobody learns their goddamn lesson. Yet you're still watching it. I'm also still watching Black Clover because I fucking hate myself. But that's a whole different thing. I'm watching that first thing tomorrow morning. I have a problem. You do. Um, but yeah, so like, in the space of not just giant robot anime, but especially giant robot anime, but anime as a whole, Ava was like a bomb dropped and everything around it, like felt the heat and was like, well, we're going to remember this until the end of time. And that's why it was such a big deal that it was missing from the landscape with the exception of the movies. Because when you have a show that influential, you tend to charge the prices for it, the like right price is any price you want to charge for it. And no one wanted to pay the price, apparently, except for Netflix. Um, but, so, what are your favorite moments in Ava? Um, I mostly just like the giant robot battles. They're fun. Okay, so what's your favorite giant robot battle? Do you have one? Not really. I mean, the first one is probably the best one. The first one is kind of like... It's got all the impact of, like, holy shit, this is getting weird. And then it's towards the end. I don't remember what angel it is, but it's when Unit 1 eats its heart. Oh, yeah. I, like, nobody knows. Everybody's like, uh, 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 what do we do? Which, to be clear, my my favorite part of Ava is, like, Gendo, his, like, his, like, second-in-command, everybody is, as much as they want to not seem like it, seems like they're flying by the seat of their pants a little. Yeah, a little bit. Like, they developed this, like, they developed basically a kaiju stuck in an armor. Called it a robot. <laughs> but they don't really know what it's entirely capable of. So like that is correct. I, I like the first I like the first big fight, the one that um goes from episode one to episode two, because it's like totally like Shinji passes out unit one goes fucking crazy. Like, it opens its mouth, and it's like, I'm gonna eat the fuck out of this angel. And <laughs> I don't think it does that at that point, but, like, when Shinji wakes up, he's like, what happened? And Misa- Misato is like, so about that. Unit 1 definitely pulled a knife on the giant monster and stabbed it a bunch of times. You were not awake. We were very concerned. But guess what? You've been approved and you're doing it again tomorrow. Pretty much. And then there's a point where he just gets absorbed by the Ava for like three days, I think. Absorbed. And everybody's like constantly jumping from freak out rock to freak out rock. They're like, huh. oh no, this one's on fire. Oh no, this one is made of snakes. How is that possible? <laughs> and it's just like, it, it feels like they're really actually saving the world and not just like kind of slowly. It No one in the. No one in this show is a genius. 
the person who was a genius is fucking dead. <laughs> and this is just all the rest of them being like, well, I think Gendo's wife knew what she was doing, but she got swallowed by her science project. So we aren't too sure either. But it's the best we got. Um, but what's your Yeah, so I was I was reading today, which actually put it really nicely, that um, Sele's goal was to create one single consciousness. Yeah, that's the orange tang thing. Yes. So, so basically, say so for those of you wondering, like, why the fuck are these guys even doing? They're trying to turn us all. They're trying to turn all of humanity into right into like <laughs> fresh orange juice. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that's just some kind of visual representation, but the the goal is to have. A single consciousness. Which, yo! Where there is no war, there is no pain. Which, I mean, that's a solution to the problem. It's not. Yeah, funny enough, I was just watching um, The Evil Within uh, 2, and that's pretty much what that shady ass organization wants to do, too. <laughs> oh, great. So. What we're trying to say is like, Sally, as much as you want to believe it, probably not the good guy. Maybe the UN, like, needs to develop Avis, because at some point, they're going to have to defend against the guy that's just trying to like, we want to turn the world into juice. We want to turn the world into juice. Which could or could not be a vindictive plot by the worst father in the world, Gendo Akari. Um, but if it seems like we're being super surface level with, like, the characters and stuff, it's because we want to keep this to a fixed time, because you could go on forever about all the characters, because this, this show does a good job of, like, showing you a character and then giving you connections to that character. Um... Although my favorite part of the show and character is... Well, my favorite part of the show is generally Misato drinking. Just something about that, like, makes me... Like, fills me with joy weirdly. And... The pet penguin? Which always strikes me as a hilarious, apocalyptic, like, sign. Like, of course... The government does not give a shit about the fact that you have a pet penguin in your refrigerator. They got bigger shit to deal with. Go own a ferret. We don't give a fuck. I mean, Pen Pen is the best character, so... Pen Pen is deeply good. Um, He's, like, introduced in episode two when Shinji moves in, right? Yeah, I think so. And Shinji... Yeah, because Shinji finds him in the shower... Just find them in the shower, and then Pen Pen just like walks out, like, "Oh, you're you're a new biped here," and then walks off and like goes back to living in this tiny. Does he have his own refrigerator, or does he live in just like the house refrigerator? No, he has his own refrigerator. <laughs> just like walks into a mini fridge and just closes the door, like, "I'm done now." <laughs> yep. To which Shinji is like, "The fuck." Like, even depressed, like, toned-down Shinji is like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, because he comes, like, running hilariously out of the bathroom, and he's Make like, <laughs> and there's just conveniently placed objects. Yeah. So, the other thing is, like, because this is still anime, there's still goofy anime hijinks, which, like... Managed to pull you through some of the darker shit. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. But, um... So... Now... If you had to put... A, like... Warning sticker on a DVD box for Ava... 
like warning people like this may offend you because of what do you think would be a hot button issue that Ava just like does not handle the best? Gratuitous fan service. Yeah, that that's weirdly true. It, do, so does I'm trying to remember because one. So this is another thing that Code Geass does is it has no respect for its female characters. It's like we need to show a cock. We need to show a, this. It's the, the character in the show who's a like ace pilot of a giant robot. And every time she's in the, they show her in the robot. They're like, what if we look up her crotch at her instead of like you would at any other point, like just straight face shot with tech around her. And it, do they do that in Ava or am I crazy? Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a few. I mean, I know there's like the really lurid shot of Ray and really lurid shot of Asuka. Um, but I, I can't remember like any like for whatever reason we put the camera for this shot just like two inches away from this girl's ass and shot up. I feel like no, without there being like a specific reason. Yeah, I, I, that, I'm like trying to think like no, like uh, which is surprising considering you know. The plug suit hold deal. Which is just like... Also, I love that the plug suits are one-size-fits-all situations. I think they just assume every 14-year-old is the same size. No, but like... Don't you get this... Aren't plug suits designed to be like... Unisex? They're not like... They, they don't have specific... Like a specific chest area for men or women, do they? They're just like, think so. press the button and it tightens. Mm, pretty much. At least I know that's how it is in the original. I know, like, Asuka's design has gotten weirdly more fetishistic as, like, time has gone on. Um, but... The thing, I will say, is that a lot of, like, disregard of female characters in this in this show. It's like... No, shove that teenage girl back in the robot. Let's go. You lost an eye, it's fine. What? She doesn't lose an eye in the anime. She loses it in the movies. Oh, she only loses it in the movie? But she gets... It's the new movie specifically. Uh, it's in the movie specifically. Okay. Um, also... she, gets, she gets stabbed in the eye, but she doesn't, like, lose her okay. eye. I think that's, like, gotcha. the end. I, I, I've, I've seen, I think, one of the movies, so... Eh. Um, also, once again, they made a thing called End of Ava because they just, like, they legendarily ran out of budget on this show. The show. Yeah, it wasn't just that. It was also um, Hideki Anno couldn't decide on an ending. Oh, he pulled a George R.R. R. Martin, did he? Apparently, yes. Which... Motherfucker, George R. R. Martin in the ultimate move of procrastination was like, I know I have a book to do, but what if video games? Yeah. Um, which, much like Hideki Anno, was like, I know I have a movie to make, but what if other movie but Godzilla? It's Godzilla, it's fine. It's Godzilla, it's fine. It's giant monsters, it'll be fine. He's sticking to his wheelhouse. It'll be great. <laughs> um, yeah, and it uses the same music a lot of times, too. It's fantastic. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> um, But, yeah, so, like, A, you know, it's going to be a wolf if anybody looks up the personal history of the director of this show. And they're like, I wonder who directed this show. And they just stumble on Hideki Anno, Om Shinrikyo. Just the animation industry in Japan in general, just like people are not gonna have they're gonna be like, oh, oh, I need to ignore all of this to watch the show. Um, 
Eh, he's not that bad. There's worse people. I mean, and also to be fair, the one person who's like, who do I want to torture today? I know. Someone get me, someone get me Anno. Let's stick him in a booth and just like poke him with a stick until he cries is um, Hayao Miyazaki. Which, if you've seen the the movie The Wind Rises, the um, the character who builds the planes, I forget the main character's name, but he's originally voiced by Hideki Anno, and that was because we're like, we need someone with a really, like, deadpan, dead-to-the-world delivery who's kind of awkward and kind of a dweeb. Someone get me Anno. <laughs> yeah. And if you've seen, so if you've seen, um, what's it called? Uh, and we'll wrap up here in a minute. But if you've seen, um, Kingdoms of Dreams and Madness, when they're talking about, like, casting him, he's like, yeah, I think Anna will work. He sucks a sufficient amount. <laughs> and then they just show the, the, like, voice reading things and it's just straight up just old man fucked with kids on lawn for ten minutes at a time. Um, which is weirdly satisfying, strangely. Um, because... I don't know, Miyazaki might low-key be a terrible person, I'm not sure. <laughs> he, he does, he, um, A, he I, I think he's low-key a dude who does not know how to be nice to young people. <laughs> because yeah. whenever, like, a young person, including his own son, is like, I idolize you, he's like, well, you're a fucking idiot, and walks off to go get a cigarette. Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, I was reading that when Miyazaki and and Anno first met, it was because Ghibli put out some kind of like animator call for Nasca of the Wind Valley, and he like submitted drawings, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you'll do." <laughs> and Miyazaki was like, "Oh yes, you'll do. Here's the hardest, <laughs> the hardest cells to draw." Draw them for me. <laughs> yeah. That is true. I will. I will give Miyazaki. I will cut Miyazaki some slack in that. Like he had a moment where, like, maybe I was an asshole dad and an asshole boss when he was talking about Tales from Earthsea because legendarily yeah. he always wanted to do Tales from Earthsea, and then. For whatever reason, he got tied up in something else. I think Ponyo. And so Goro, his son, was the only director available who had, and this is important, never directed before. And <laughs> you watch that movie by itself, and it's uh, middling to okay. You watch that movie with the knowledge of, like, there is a much better book series, it is not as okay. The author of the book said to him, trying to be nice, like, these are my books. This is your movie. It's a good movie. Which is like a backhanded shanking at best. <laughs> and his own father was like, this movie is terrible, basically. Yep. And then, but later on, like, went back and was like, maybe I was an asshole. Maybe your movie's fine. It's fine. And walks off. Man, I would really hate to be a kid. I remember when we came out of that movie, my friend, um, she was like, why does he keep doing it? I'm like, clearly he had daddy issues. Also, if you haven't noticed, Miyazaki's kind of crazy. Who's going to keep paying all those fucking animators and keep that museum open? Somebody's gotta do it. <laughs> yeah. Girls' movies aren't that bad. They're like fine. Although you know the way that um, and 
it's funny because Anno is obsessed with like giant robots and like large scale shit. <laughs> Miyazaki is generally obsessed with the environment. You want to know Goro Miyazaki's like weird fetish? Boo Radley houses. Like really huh. dilapidated, weird, like time has fucked them up houses in at least three of his movies. Interesting. Um, but, so, like, another reason why Anno as a director and um, Ava as a thing is so important is because he is, like, this, he's really talented at what he does, but he also is more is like significantly linked to way more talented people. Um but so do you have any final thoughts? Did you know Hideki Anno has a minor planet named after him? Wait, what where? He has like an object in space named after him. Really? How how, how so a how Via this a star situation, and they just keep renaming it, and they just don't tell anybody. <laughs> uh, no. Apparently, um, the person that discovered it um, is friends with Hidekiano, and they've been friends for a long time. So he named it after him, as like a probably as like a hey, don't be so depressed. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'll give you a planetoid. Also, if anybody, like, comes away from this being infinitely more interested in Hideki Anno than, you, than the actual show of Ava, which is not uncommon, you should seek out a show called, and we talked about this show, called Blue Blazes, which is all about the mangaka who wrote the manga for G Gundam went to college with Anno and all the different key members of Gynax and had to, like, compete for grades in art classes against these psychos. Did you know Anno got kicked out of that school? I did not! <laughs> Why? I don't know. Like, I saw it on Wikipedia. It, it did not explain why. I would, uh, once again, there is a book written by his act, there's a, there's a manga, written by his actual wife, called I'll Give It My All Tomorrow, about how fucking unmotivated he can be. I would bet that did not fit in a rubric very well. Um, I mean, I'm sure that has much to do with his horrible, crippling depression. Yeah. Speaking of someone who, like, and, and you've seen me in this state in college, like, when I get, if I'm re-watching, um, basically anything with any big emotional low, and I get to that point, I'm just like a shambling husk. I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody. The world's dead. I'm gonna go cry in a hole. And, you know, crying takes a lot of time. You tend to lose track of time when you're spending it all crying. Um, but on that note, do you have anything else you want to mention, talk about? Um, it will be interesting to see how Netflix handles the show. Yeah, they're, they're redubbing it, aren't they? They are. Which is gonna be interesting because that means Shinji will have a new voice, and like that will feel weird for a couple episodes. Also, I really wonder what the what the like eye catch stuff is because they have an algorithm that picked that stuff, and just like you could pick like Lilith, and but you don't see Lilith for a while in that show. But it's a big, cool scene that would sell people on the show, but also totally fuck people up because they would be spoiled visually on that scene. 
Um, I mean, it'd probably just be like generic Ava still shots or something. See, you say that, but the but the still shots for Code Geass have changed like every other time I've tried. I've gone to watch the fucking show, and I hate that show. But I'm like, I haven't seen that one yet. Thanks, guys. So that I, it, it will be interesting to see how Netflix deals with the show, how Netflix deals with, like, the fucked-upness of the show, which usually they don't have a problem with, but this is, I have a feeling the internet's going to slightly light on fire. I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be Probably fine. Probably going to get over it and stop getting their panties all in a bunch over nonsensical things. It'll, it'll be fine. We lived through it once. It'll be fine. Um... <laughs> Right. However, I am looking forward to a brand new crop of internet shit lords just being like, Well, Ava, it's a... No, shut the fuck up. <laughs> the religious... You fucking idiot. <laughs> Go to your corner. <laughs> the explosions make crosses. It means something. <sighs> I guess this also means I need to buy Netflix. I mean, you want my password? No, it's fine. I'll be an adult and pay for it myself. <laughs> Are you sure? Could you definitely use other shit I have? <laughs> um. Well, on that note, I have been Alex. I have been here with Lauren. And you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. I do not torture Lauren to do this twice in a weekend all the time, so next episode will probably be just me. Um, But I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, you can subscribe to this podcast on all the things. You can give it a five-star rating on all the things, which really helps the show. But until next time, I will talk at you later. Love.